What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be wrapping up my last set of dynasty rankings. So over the last two days I've gone through my top 24 running backs and then my top 24 wide receivers. Today we're going to be knocking out the quarterbacks and the tight ends in the same video. So we're going to be doing top 24 quarterbacks and then I believe the top 15 tight ends. Splitting these players up into tiers not going crazy in depth on every single player, just talking about the general tiers, you know, some general comments on each individual guy. And let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start it off with the quarterback rankings. Um, there's going to be timestamps, you know, if you want to skip to the tight ends, I'll have that uh, down below in the description. But starting off with the quarterbacks, tier one, I have three players in this tier. We're going to go Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. These three guys are also my top three redraft quarterbacks. All three of these guys have the upside to give you 25 plus point per game seasons. I ended up going with uh, Mahomes at one. You know, I feel like we're kind of nitpicking here. I just think his play style is kind of more likely to lead to a longer career, right? He's not putting his body on the line in the same way that Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts is. Plus, we've seen Patrick Mahomes put up this big time production with kind of like subpar weapons. I guess you could make the same case for Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen has Diggs, Mahomes has Kelsey. Other than that, not a ton going on, but that's why I have Mahomes here as my QB1. Um, and then I just have Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts because he showcased that upside for three straight seasons. You know, he's done it over a consistent period of time. And then Jalen Hurts here as my QB3. Now shifting into tier two, this is going to be another three-man tier. We've got Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. I think Lamar Jackson is actually pretty undervalued in Dynasty right now. I think on keep trade cut, he's behind Burrow, behind Herbert. I think he might even be behind uh, Trevor Lawrence. But when we're looking at Lamar Jackson, in his four seasons as a starter, he has averaged 28.2, 22.2, 21.1, and then 20.3 points per game. He's been incredibly solid. You know, people view his recent seasons as like flops just because he set the bar so high with his 28 points per game. He's going to be surrounded by the best weapons of his career. Um, and two of those wide receivers are going to be younger options. Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Mark Andrews, you know, should still be playing at a high level for the next few years. So I like kind of like the core he has around him. For Joe Burrow, same thing. Super impressive production early on in his career. He has the weapons around him with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And then same thing with Justin Herbert. I feel like he's been a little bit undervalued. He definitely had a down season last year, but we have to look at what was happening around him. Injuries to Keenan Allen, injuries to Mike Williams. Justin Herbert himself was banged up with his ribs. So I think that all kind of led to the lesser production. But all of his previous seasons have been super impressive. I mean, he's honestly been like historic with the way he started off his NFL career. So I do think Justin Herbert belongs in this tier pretty firmly. Now shifting into tier three, it's just going to be Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, both these guys from the same draft class. Um, and I think both of these guys are kind of in positions to jump a tier after this season. I think Lawrence could definitely jump into tier two with a big year. And I actually think Fields, you know, could also jump into tier two. I also think he has the opportunity to jump into tier one, honestly, because Fields does have that crazy high fantasy ceiling, definitely a much higher ceiling than uh, Trevor Lawrence. The difference between these two guys and the reason why I do have Lawrence ranked ahead of Justin Fields is that I'm pretty much 100% confident that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a starting quarterback throughout his entire career. And I'm pretty confident that he is going to be a very good starting quarterback throughout his entire career. That just isn't guaranteed yet for Justin Fields. Like as a Bears fan, I do believe that Justin Fields is the future, 
but I'm also not naive enough to think that that is like a 100% certainty. He's going to be a long-term starter. The difference is though, is that if Fields is the long-term starter, he's a guy who can give you that, you know, 25 plus point per game season. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, both these guys, I think have some room to grow after the 2023 season. Now shifting into tier four, I think this is a pretty interesting tier here. I'm going to go Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and then CJ Stroud. Um, I think I'd keep trade cut both Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray are actually ranked below these rookies. I just can't get there yet. Both Watson and Kyler have taken hits to their dynasty value over the past year for Deshaun Watson. It was his suspension and then poor play once he returned. And then Kyler Murray with his uh, ACL tear. For Deshaun Watson here, I'm honestly just banking on a bounce back. This is a guy who prior to last season averaged 24.7, 21.3, 22, and 23.5 points per game. I honestly just struggle to accept that that guy has just forgotten how to play football. I am expecting a serious bounce back. And prior to the whole, you know, taking a year off suspension thing, Deshaun Watson was like a locked in, you know, first round dynasty pick. I think he can start to regain that value here in 2023. Um, And then for Kyler Murray, I honestly think he's one of the most disrespected quarterbacks, both in real life and fantasy. In four seasons, he's averaged 18.2, 24.4, 22.2, and then 18.9 points per game. He may not have his rushing upside back until like the 2024 season, but the guy still hasn't even turned 26 years old yet. He is still very young. I don't really get the idea. Like I understand the video games thing. You know, people think it's funny um, and I get it. But this is a guy who's going to be a starter in the NFL for a long, long time. Even if the Cardinals are just horrendous this season, they get the number one pick, they go quarterback, they go Caleb Williams. Kyler Murray is going to have a starting spot somewhere else. Um, And he's already shown that he does have a high fantasy ceiling with his 24.4 point per game season. So I do like Kyler here. Um, And I just can't be taking these guys like Watson and Kyler below Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. I know all three of those guys are talented, young prospects, but Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray have already proven they can play in the NFL at a high level and they can produce for fantasy football. Obviously, Richardson, Young, Stroud, if they hit, you're going to have them for a lot longer. But I mean, it's still unproven and there's no guarantee that those guys are going to pan out. But now getting into those players... I go Richardson over Bryce Young, just shooting for ceiling here, right? I feel like Bryce Young is probably capped like outside, maybe even like tier three of guys. I think Anthony Richardson, if he hits, he's a guy who has like that Justin Fields-esque ceiling, just given his physical tools. And then CJ Stroud, just like him a little bit less than Bryce Young, but still someone who I have in this tier. Now shifting into tier five, we're going to have Tua, Dak Prescott, and Daniel Jones. I have all three of these guys in the same range for uh, my redraft rankings. I think each of them have their own kind of personal flaws. Two is a guy who's never going to have like a huge fantasy ceiling. And then you also have to throw the uh, concussion concerns in there. Dak Prescott's going to be four years older than these other two options. Um, And I know Dak Prescott gets a lot of hate, but for fantasy, he's really only ever been solid. He's averaged 17 plus points per game in all seven of his NFL seasons. And then looking at Daniel Jones, I don't think he's like 100% locked in as like the long, long long-term starter for the uh, Giants, but I do think he's definitely in the right direction. He got an extension this offseason, and he's also coming off a season where he averaged 18.4 points per game, 
rushed for 708 yards and seven touchdowns. So he does have some of that rushing upside, honestly, more than some of that rushing upside. That's really impressive rushing production. They've upgraded the weapons around him. So we'll see if he's able to take a, another leap here in 2023. Now shifting into tier six, this is going to be my final tier. And it's pretty much like a large kind of mixed bag here. So we're going to start it off. Trey Lance, Geno Smith, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Aaron Rodgers, and then Derek Carr. I know people aren't going to love that I'm starting off this tier with uh, Trey Lance, but I firmly believe that whether it's with the 49ers or another team, Trey Lance is going to get the opportunity to start in the NFL. It would be pretty much unprecedented for a top three pick at quarterback to not get a shot. On keep trade cut, uh, Trey Lance is currently valued like rounds below Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love. I just can't get there given the fact that, you know, Lance was the far superior prospect. I think he's going to get the opportunity. And it's not like Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love have proven pretty much anything, right, in terms of being like a long-term fantasy starter or a long-term NFL starter. So I'm still holding out hope here for Trey Lance. Even if it's not with the 49ers, I think he'll get that shot somewhere else. Then next up, we have uh, Geno Smith. And I think if Geno is able to pick up where he left off last season, he's going to be super valuable in Dynasty. He's 32 years old. So, you know, a little on the older end, but still has, you know, some solid seasons ahead of him. He signed an extension with the Seahawks this offseason, and he's going to be surrounded by a nice group of weapons moving forward, right? DK, uh, JSN long-term. He's got Tyler Lockett here for the short term, you know, until he starts to fall off. So I do like Geno as a dynasty option. Then we have Jared Goff. Um, and if the Lions do decide to stick with Goff long-term, he'll likely end up being a value with where I have him ranked. He's only 28 years old, and the Lions have passed on first-round quarterbacks in back-to-back drafts. The Lions are also probably, at this point, just the way their roster is constructed. I think it's unlikely that they're going to be in the area to draft like a top quarterback in the foreseeable future. So I think he can be a solid QB2 on your dynasty roster. We've got another veteran quarterback with Kirk Cousins. He will be turning 35 soon, but I still think he's a guy who can give you strong fantasy seasons. He's been the quarterback 11 or 12 in points per game over the past three years. I don't believe he's guaranteed to be the Vikings quarterback past this season, but I think that if he continues this level of play, even if it's not with the Vikings, he'll find another spot somewhere else in the NFL. Then we have Russell Wilson, and to be totally honest, like Russ is one of the toughest guys to rank for fantasy. A year ago, like today, he was the dynasty quarterback nine, according to Keep Trade Cut. After his abysmal 2022 season, his value has just completely plummeted. I think it's possible he bounces back to his like pre-2022 self. I also think it's possible that he's kind of cooked. So a tough player here because like it's possible that he's just pretty much worthless after this season for Dynasty, but it's also possible that he experiences a bounce back and now you're viewing him as like a high-end weekly QB2 or like a fringe QB1, and then he would end up paying off here. So I think some room to grow and some room to fall off. And then we've got Kenny Pickett, and this is probably going to be pretty low for Pickett compared to where others have him. And I think if you're like a rebuilding roster, I would definitely take Kenny Pickett over guys like Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson, but I'm just not going to be as high as consensus here. His rookie season really wasn't all that impressive. Like I understand the situation wasn't ideal, so you can kind of excuse it, but I don't know if it's like we were watching him and we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the quarterback one for the Steelers for a long, long time. 
Like, I don't think we're there yet. He was the 20th overall pick in a super weak quarterback draft. He was an older prospect, so it's not like he's some sort of like developmental guy. He's 25 years old, the same age as Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert. He's older than a guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, who just put up a high-end QB1 season. And all those other players that I just mentioned have played at least three seasons in the NFL. I just don't view his starting spot as super stable. That's why I prefer to take a guy like Kirk Cousins, who I know can give me winning production right now, compared to a guy like Kenny Pickett, where I just don't know if he's ever going to get there as a player. Then we've got Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers is another guy I kind of have a tough time ranking, just because it's very possible he ends up being a one-year rental. Like He may play two, three more seasons, but it seemed like he strongly contemplated retirement over the offseason. So how do I rank someone like that? I also think I'm a little bit lower on him in terms of redraft. Like I view him as like a higher end QB2, but I feel like he's in the same range as like Geno, Kirk, Daniel Jones, Tua, Dak, like all of those guys. When I'm looking at those other guys, I feel like they have many more seasons left in the NFL. With Rodgers, I just don't know. So I feel like he kind of has to be firmly below those guys, but we'll see. Like if he plays three more seasons, he plays at the level he did in those MVP years, then he'll probably you know, end up being too low where I have him right now. And then to wrap up these rankings, gonna be wrapping it up with Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not gonna be someone who's going out there giving you league winning production, but I think as like a fringe QB2, he's serviceable. Maybe you have a really strong QB1 or he's like the QB3 on your team. He's finished as a quarterback two in points per game in seven of his nine seasons. 32 years old, so not super young, but you know, not about to be cooked. Um, and he gets a fresh contract with the Saints. So someone who I think, you know, fringe quarterback too, you don't love it, but someone who slots in here as my QB24. Some honorable mentions to Jordan Love, Mac Jones, or Brock Purdy. I think those guys could have filtered in, you know, at the quarterback 24 spot. Really just comes down to whether or not you need winning production or you want to take a swing on some of these like you know, riskier, younger options who may not be long-term options, but maybe they are. And then you get like some long-term production out of them. Now we are going to shift over to the tight end position. So top 15 tight ends, and we're going to start it off with tier one. My tier one is going to be Kyle Pitts and Mark Andrews. I am not giving up on Kyle Pitts. I'm not backtracking on Kyle Pitts. I firmly believe that within the next few seasons, Kyle Pitts is going to be like the clear-cut fantasy tight end one in redraft. Like I think he's going to be drafted top two rounds. I think he is going to be that guy. The dude hasn't even turned 23 years old yet. He has a lot of time to get it together. And then for Mark Andrews, I think he's a guy who can give you an elite ceiling at the tight end position, 27 years old, which means he has you know, potentially four to five more seasons around his current production, which would obviously be super valuable. Then in tier two, it's going to be a one-man tier. It's Travis Kelsey. He's a clear win now piece. Um, I could understand the argument that he should be in uh, tier one. You know, he's been a top two tight end in points per game for the last seven seasons, and he'll probably be the tight end one again here in 2023. The reason why I can't put him in tier one is that He's going to be turning 34 years old in October. His career has been fantastic. His production has been amazing. I just can't imagine this level of play is going to go on much longer. Like maybe it's this season and next season, but like, are we expecting 36-year-old Travis Kelsey to be giving you high-end tight end one production? I'm just not expecting that, but you know, Travis Kelsey is a freak, so uh, who knows. Then in tier three, this is going to be another one-man tier. 
this is just going to be TJ Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson is in an interesting spot where he's at this like in-between age um, compared to most of the other fantasy-relevant tight ends. You've got some of the younger options coming up. Um, you've got you know some of the veterans like a Mark Andrews, like a Travis Kelsey. But Hawkinson is sitting there at uh, 26 years old. I think he could be a higher-end tight end one moving forward, but I don't know if he has that elite crazy ceiling where he's given you you know, 16-plus points per game. I don't know if that's in the range of outcomes, but I still think he belongs here, kind of in a tier by himself in Tier 3. Now, shifting into Tier 4, we're going to have George Kittle, Dalton Kincaid, Pat Fryermuth, and Dallas Goddard. So we've got two kind of veterans here and then two younger options. George Kittle has been a high-end tight end one for the past five seasons, but he'll be turning 30 during this season. And his fantasy production has actually fallen off in every single season except his rookie year. So in those five seasons, he's been a high-end tight end one. His point-per-game number has decreased every single season. Last year, he saw his best touchdown season by far, scoring 11 touchdowns, and it was easily his worst fantasy season. So that is definitely a little bit concerning for me because if those touchdowns fall back to you know his normal touchdown numbers, which haven't been great throughout his career, we could be looking at like a major fall off in his point per game number. And I don't think it's just like that George Kittle is falling off as a player. He's regressing. It's just that we look at all the weapons on this 49ers roster. Like, are we expecting Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle to all put up these crazy numbers? I just don't think it's realistic. So we'll see if he's able to maintain his uh, high end tight end one run. I think he's proven he can do it. So I do think he belongs like at the top of this tier. But I think if I believed he was going to continue being like a top three tight end um, year to year, I would have him in that Hawkinson tier. I just don't really expect that moving forward. Um, And then we have Dalton Kincaid, my tight end one in this class. He was my tight end one in this class actually like before the NFL draft. So I've always been very high on Dalton Kincaid. He ends up going in the first round, gets that first round draft capital, a great landing spot with the Bills, like fantastic landing spot. We didn't get his uh, athletic testing because he was dealing with an injury throughout the offseason, but I think it's very likely he would have tested very well. He can line up pretty much anywhere on the field. He can produce at all levels. He can win deep, which is something you don't see with a ton of tight ends. So I'm very high on Dalton Kincaid moving forward. Then we have Pat Frymuth, who's had a very solid start to his NFL career, averaged 9.5 and 9.3 points per game through his first two seasons. I expect Frymuth to be like a career mid to back end tight end one option. I don't think he's ever going to have a crazy ceiling um, just due to being capped as like an athlete. Like he's not one of these top tier athletes at the position, but I think he's going to be a very stable starter, you know, in your tight end position. And then to wrap up this tier, we have Dallas Goddard. And at 28 years old, I feel like he probably has around three more like mid tier tight end one seasons. He's never been a guy to flash a crazy high ceiling. But he's going to be the tight end six, you know, tight end five. He's in a good situation here with the Eagles. So I feel like this is a fair spot for him. Now, the final tier here is going to be tier five, a mix of veterans and younger options. We've got Darren Waller, Michael Mayer, Sam Laporta, Greg Dulcich, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, and then Chig Okonkwo. So starting out with Darren Waller, he turns 31 during the season. So it's definitely not like a, you know, a long-term option here. But I do think he has high-end tight end one upside here in 2023. He can stay healthy. He showcased he can do it with the Raiders. Um, So I do like Darren Waller at the top of this tier compared to some of these other options who we just don't know if he's ever going to be able to flash the ceiling 
that Darren Waller has flashed in his career. Then we've got back-to-back rookies with Mayer and Laporta, both solid pass catchers, early second-round picks in this year's draft. Then we've got Greg Dulcich, and Dulcich is someone I'm very high on. I honestly really wanted to put him ahead of Mayer and Laporta, but I do think those guys were better prospects. But as a rookie, Dulcich was super impressive. Uh, 33 receptions, 411 receiving yards in 10 games. He was third in dot and deep targets. And those raw numbers may not seem great, right? Like 33 receptions, 411 receiving yards. But it was in only 10 games. He also dealt with an injury uh, during training camp. So he missed like the first chunk of the year, came in and like produced from day one, which is super impressive. And you just have to take into account how bad the Broncos offense was last season. So he had a lot of stuff going against him and was still like a very solid, you know, option once he got healthy. Hopefully he's able to come in and survive with the uh, new coaching regime with Sean Payton coming in. But Sean Payton has talked, you know, very highly of him early on. So I do have some confidence with Dulcich moving forward. Then we have Njoku and Evan Ingram. And I feel like these guys are in a similar spot. I believe I have them back to back in my redraft rankings. Similar age, Njoku's 27, Ingram is 28. I think both actually have some upside moving forward, but Njoku just hasn't been able to show it over a full season. And then Ingram has done it, but it hasn't been for like three, four years. He did it earlier on in his career. So we'll see how those guys shake out. I think if they can hit some high upside seasons, they're definitely going to end up being a value here. But since they haven't really done it as of late, um, you know, I do think I have to put some of these younger options ahead of them because if it never happens, you know, we're losing out on some, you know, potential young guys who can be these guys, but you're getting them early on in their career. And then to wrap up these rankings, we've got Chigo Conquo. He was super effective and efficient in a limited role last season. We're just kind of hoping his usage can expand here in 2023. But that is going to wrap it up for both my quarterback and my tight end rankings and tiers. Let me know what you guys think. Who's too high? who's too low. I'll make sure to get back to you as soon as I can. As always, thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.